Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well today. Had a nice day up here today in the mountains, and it's gotten cool again quick. But yesterday, I uh, talked about prayer can change God. And uh, I gave you an example of somebody praying and changing God's heart. Today I'm going to give you an example of God changing His mind. Not because of prayer, but because of obedience. So, first I'm going to ask, have you ever done anything and maybe seen the fruit of it change direction and get frustrated? Well, yeah, we all have. Have do you do you ever go out and pout? Yeah, we all do, right? Why do you pout? Why do you go out and act silly, like it's all about you? A lot of people do that. It's all about them. But Jonah, you know, God came to Jonah and told him he needed to go to Nineveh. And Jonah didn't want to go. And Jonah rebelled against God and got on a boat and took off. And the storm came and they drew lots and threw Jonah overboard. And the fish swallowed him and he prayed. And then then the fish threw him up on the dry land. And Jonah went to Nineveh. Jonah did what God asked him to do. He he finally quit running from God. And he obeyed the calling that God had on him in his life. He, God called him the, to evangelize to the people of Nineveh, prophesy... And finally, Jonah did it. How many of us that feel that God has called us to do something, but we don't think we can do it? We don't want to do it. We keep running in the roadblocks, and it takes us a while, but eventually we wind up doing it. Well, that's what happened with Jonah. But it says, uh, chapter 3, Jonah began to enter the city. On the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, 
And he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, take taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? So I'm going to stop right there. So here's a guy, a king. He must have been a God-fearing king. And Jonah walks in out of the nowhere, been in the belly of fish and walking through the desert, I guess. And He pops in town and I guess, I don't know what authority Jonah had to, to, to convince everybody who he was and what he said was going to happen, but they believed. And the king believed it so much that he decree that not only that man not taste water and not eat, drink, and but fast and covered himself with sackcloth and ash, but even the animals and the flocks. He wasn't feeding nobody. He made sure everybody in his land got right with God. He believed the prophet. He believed what the prophet said, and he believed God was going to do what he was going to do. And he believed so much that he didn't go up to his chamber and pray himself, and he didn't have his priests and prophets pray for him. He had the whole city of Nineveh do it. Now, you're asking how many people was in Nineveh. More than 120,000 people. And you'll figure out, find that out in just a minute where I get that from. But that's a lot of people. A lot of people. And what did God do? I mean, the king turned the whole nation to God, right? So, let me ask you, when have you seen that around anywhere? I mean, even in 9-11 when it attacked the United States, our country came together, but you didn't see a whole nation come to God. You didn't, you've not seen a leader in our lifetime decree that every body had to worship God. It's just unheard of today that people would do that. More more exactly, to be more precise, I would say the opposite is true. People die, face death from leaders if they pray. If they 
stand up for Christianity. It's more articulated and unified against Christianity than it is for Christianity. But in verse 10, after all the fasting and the praying, we don't know how many how many days, how long this lasted, but we know that it was the whole nation, city of Nineveh. So it took some time to get the word around and probably took some time to get everybody on track, but it was done. But verse Chapter 3, verse 10, it says, God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. He didn't do it. Now Jonah, what does he do? Oh, it hurt Jonah's feelings. He's a little upset. Jonah come in there looking like a big old mighty puffed up prophet of God going to call down hellfire and damnation on the whole town because God's got my back. But now the Lord says, ah, now they... They turned, they prayed, they relented. I'll give them a second chance. So, Jonah's upset. And he prayed to the Lord. Talked about how upset he was and how all the trouble he went through. And then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city on the east side, and he made himself a shelter, and he sat under the shade that he might see what would become of the city. He went out there and pouted on a hill. It says, And the Lord God prepared a plant that made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But in the morning, what happened? Says dawn the next day, God made a worm. And the worm damaged the plant and it withered. And the sun arose, God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. And he wished for death himself. He said, It's better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, Is it right for me to be angry even to death? He said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. That's what Jonah said. He said, Why can't I be angry? You made me do this. You made me look like a fool in front of everybody. And it doesn't mean anything. You know, I come in here and I did what you wanted me to do and Now you turn on me. So, the Lord said to Jonah, page turn, hold on. You have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored. 
nor made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in a night. So he's saying, well, hold on. And, and should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. So the Lord's saying to Jonah, you're worried about a little old plant. You're more concerned about that plant rising and dying and you not having any shade than you are for a city full of people, 120,000 people who can't even tell their right hand from their left hand. Where's the logic in that is what God's, what's God's saying? Where's the reason, Jonah? You'd rather worry about that plant and your comfort than to be happy and rejoice that 120,000 souls turn back to God. Now, isn't that what we all do? That's exactly what we do. I see people in church complain about the smallest thing. They complain that people come to church and are wearing blue jeans or a t-shirt instead of being happy that somebody came to church. I see people complain that couples come and sit in their church that are living together and not married instead of rejoicing that a couple came to church. Because, you know, the witness has to start somewhere, right? And that's the same with Jonah. The witness had to start somewhere with him, and it did. It started with him prophesying to the city and to the king, and they relented. They changed their way. Now, if they hadn't have done what God wanted them to do, they strung Jonah up on a tree and thrashed him and whipped him or whatever, well, that would have been a different story. But they turned, relented from what they were doing, repented, covered themselves in ash and clothes. Why wouldn't God want to change his mind? You know, I just... That is so... Systemic with our churches today. We preach a good, we preach a good sermon, but boy, we sure don't walk it. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, we need people in church, and then when they show up, oh my God, you're not using the, you're using the, you're not using the King James Bible. You're going to hell. Oh my gosh. You got tattoos. You're going to hell. 
Oh, oh, Lord, that girl had a baby out of wedlock. Golly. He's an alcoholic. It goes on and on. Like they say, like Donkey Kong, right? Oh, what a tangled web we weave if two but if but to deceive. I guess there's a lot of truth in that saying when Jesus says, He without sin cast the first stone. That sums it all up, right? You're going to fuss at somebody coming to your church. When we've been preaching to them and sowing seeds and watering the plants and cultivating them and pulling the weeds out and finally, finally, somebody comes to church and now you're going to fuss at them because they don't have... A suit to wear? Or are you going to fuss at them because the woman's not wearing a skirt? Or are you going to fuss because they're not carrying a King James Bible? Oh, you hypocrites. People, we need to think more about What God's doing and what He has, what He's using us to do. We need to think about what God wants instead of what we want. We are messengers. We are emissaries. That's all. We're not the judge. We don't set the standard. We don't raise the bar and lower the bar. We are no better or no worse than the people that we evangelize to. Just remember that. Just remember, when you throw a rock at somebody, God's going to drop a boulder on your head. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I thank you. For everything that you do, I thank you for your prayers. I pray for y'all. I pray for this world, the world, not just our countries, our respective countries. Pray for our world. Our world is in turmoil, and we need prayer. We need God's prayer, prayer warriors, and we need to turn everything around. Keep God and His Word at the first and foremost of everything you do. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless you. I hope you tune in again next time.